0: Welcome to our couch Take a seat It's time for therapy Movie therapy I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and co-author of How to Be
1: Fine. And I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. In each episode of Movie Therapy, we offer up questionable advice and solid TV and movie recommendations for whatever ails you.
0: As usual, a reminder, we are not real therapists, but we are real TV and movie critics. And... We also happen to be very smart and incredibly good looking.
1: That's right. You can't see us, but I promise you, Kristen is not lying. <laughs> the pheromones are both oozing off of us right at this moment.
0: <laughs> we are just so hot. We're so good looking. <laughs> 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 oh, but enough of how hot we are, Rafer. Oh, enough of that. Should we
1: get to this week's letters? <laughs> yes, let's get to the first the first letter. This is from someone who's calling herself Magpie. I like this name. Yeah, so cute. Magpie writes, Dear Rafer and Kristen... I own a small bookshop and while I love it, COVID has been exhausting being shut down for several months and then having to be extremely careful upon reopening. Sometimes it's hard to find the energy and joy that I once had in the shop. I would love to watch a movie or two to remind me of the pleasure of having your own business and creating that sense of wonder and community. They don't need to be bookshop specific. Just have the small town cozy vibe Note, I did manage to watch You've Got Mail at the drive-in this summer, and I enjoyed every minute. So something other than that, please.
0: Thank you. Wow. Well, first and foremost, I got to say, Magpie, I admire the heck out of you. I admire anybody who is running a small business and particularly a bookshop in this day and age. It must be so hard.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'll give you a little, a little secret. I've always wanted to run my own business and I've always wanted to run a bar. Surprise, surprise. Um, which I would imagine is probably, you know, about as easy as running a bookshop, which is to say not easy at all. Um, but yeah, (laughs) I, I, you know, I love the idea of having your own place and, um, you know, maybe having a little staff and kind of being part of a community and having your regulars and, you know, kind of having a place that you can call, Yours, you can you can kind of make it your own, do with it what you what you want. Those are the places that I that I I love the best. Those are the kind of bars I love, bookshops, cafes, all those places that have kind of a personal stamp,
0: and they're kind of hard to find, yeah. I think, and they're really valuable when you do find one. Oh, absolutely! I by the way, got to say, Rafer, you mix a really fantastic Cosmo. I, I bet you would run a really good bar. <laughs> I bet the bar would be really really fun and have great strong drinks. You know what? I made
1: my own blackberry syrup just last night. Shut up. I haven't tried it yet in anything, but I did. I made, I made my own syrup, blackberry syrup. Oh
0: my God. I'm so impressed. I made yep. toast with jam the other day, but the <laughs> jam was in a jar and I opened the jar and spread it. So that's how, that's how exciting I get. <laughs> Listen, you got to start somewhere. Um... <laughs> but I got to say, for the fantasy of owning a business, sometimes I think about it. I'm like, that sounds fun. But the more I think about it every time, I'm just like, that sounds horrible. It sounds really hard. It sounds really, really I think hard. it is. I think it is really hard. And by the way, um,
1: Magpie, I don't know if you're in the Long Beach, California area, but I've got a good friend that runs uh, Gatsby Books in Long Beach, California. He is a bookshop owner. Um, you know, I think this is. Uh, I think this is tough. Tough to own any retail place that uh, that uh, is is in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. So, Kristen. What do you say? You have a recommendation for Magpie?
0: Yes. And Magpie, I hope you don't mind, but the story I am choosing, the mini-series from Netflix, I should say, is a little bit off script for you. Uh, I chose the story of somebody who started off as a small business owner but then became a gazillionaire running a multi-million dollar company. The mini-series I'm talking about is self-made, inspired by the life of Madame C.J. Walker. Do you know this, Rafer? I do, with uh, Octavia Spencer. I've seen it. Yes, yes, the great Octavia Spencer who, I just got to say, she does no wrong ever. I've never seen Octavia Spencer, not fantastic. I just love I her totally so much. Yeah, she she's is great. She's so good. And um, if you're not familiar with the story of Madame C.J. Walker, if you're not familiar with self-made, what it comes down to is Madame C.J. Walker was the First self-made female millionaire in the U.S. She made all of her money making black hair care products. She was a pioneer. She was a community builder. She was a self-promoter. And before she became like mega rich and famous, she she was just a small business owner, like uh, you dream of being someday, Rafer, and like you currently are, Magpie. And the miniseries follows her rise from obscurity. It follows her rivalries. It you know, also includes some of her personal life, including her tumultuous marriages. And of course, it also follows the very racist and sexist circumstances that she had to fight against during turn-of-the-century America. Here's a clip. Seems like I was born to struggle. After a while, I guess I just lost hope. That's when my hair started falling out. I'm going to help you. My hair grew back, and so did my confidence. Maybe I could sell your product. <laughs> I don't think sales is for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Colored women will do anything to look like me, even if deep down they know they can't. I ain't going to let you keep beating up on yourself Sylvia. Yeah? From now on, I'm doing my own hair, making my own hair grow up. Come on, <laughs> sisters. Let's talk about hair. They put us down, tell us we're ugly, make us feel ugly. Wonderful hair leads to wonderful opportunities. Mama,
1: let me show I remember seeing this uh, series and being really interested in it because I had heard of her before. I had heard of, you know, there'd been like, you know, podcasts and you know, news stories and, you know, people would kind of point to her and, um, you know, talk about her as this you know, kind of, um I don't know uh, footnote in history or something, but no one, had, as far as I knew, had ever done like a really deep dive on this character and explained the whole situation of how she became this person. Um, and I thought it was really interesting, and I also really liked the kind of uh, yes. frenemy relationship yes. she builds up with the other hair care female hair care magnate who you know who she whose business she kind of rips off, um, but you know the two of them have this real. Uh, I don't know if love hate is the right word, but I mean, you know, here they are, you know, kind of in the capitalist system, competitors, and yet they're both women and they're both black and there is something inside them that makes them feel like there's got to be some way maybe that we can, that
0: the sisterhood can triumph, you know? And I thought that
1: was really interesting.
0: Yes. And, you know, I mean, some sticklers said, wow, that wasn't completely accurate. That relationship really wasn't like that in real life. Mm. But I don't care, personally, because I just feel that the series (laughs) is so fun to watch. If you want to know every single fact, nuts and bolts, there's a great documentary from the American experience called The Madam C.J. Walker Story, which I adored. It's from maybe 15 or 20 years ago, and I loved that documentary. Mm. But... If you just want a beautiful, dazzling story with outstanding costumes, outstanding hair, outstanding sets, and just killer acting, you can't go wrong with self-made. It really is terrific.
1: I, I totally agree, and, and listen, uh, off-script. I don't think that's off-script. That counts. That's a
0: that's a small business success story. I think that's I think that's totally valid. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you think so, Rafer. And I'm curious about what you came up with. Um, If you came up with a business that is a mega business like Man and C.J. Walkers (laughs) or actually a small business.
1: (laughs) No, I came up with a a movie about a pretty small business. It's a pretty well-known movie, um, and I hope Magpie hasn't seen it. But I chose Big Night from 1996, which is a movie that I I really adored when it came out. Um, It's directed by uh, uh, Stanley Tucci and Campbell Scott. And it's the story of two brothers who run an Italian food restaurant called Paradise, uh, set in the nineteen fifties.
0: It's the Jersey Shore. I'm sorry, Rafer. Did you say it was directed by Stanley Tucci? I'm pretty sure that's right. Wow, I didn't know he directed that. I just thought he starred in it. Oh yeah, yeah. No,
1: he he well, he and Campbell Scott both direct both directed it and. Um, I have this memory of them doing a few films together back in the day with sort of a recurring cast of of wow. of uh, other actors, but I, you know, that might just be my memory, and I can't really, I couldn't really. Conjure up any of the other movies that they made together, but I was a big fan of Campbell Scott, um, who I always thought should have been much bigger. Um, And of course, I'm a huge fan of of uh, Stanley Tucci. Um, Anyway, so here we've got this movie, Big Night. Um, You know, it's about two brothers. They own this restaurant. The first brother is named Primo. Of course, he's played by Tony Shalhoub, and he's he's the artiste. He's this magnificent chef. He's a creator, and he hates serving up this Americanized Italian gunk to people. You know, everything's <laughs> smothered in sauce and Parmesan cheese, you know, chicken parm, oh my God. Uh, and then the younger brother is Secondo, played by Stanley Tucci, and he is the realist. You know, you, you got to serve the people what they want. Um, well, the restaurant's struggling. In fact, it's on the brink of closing. Now, Primo has an offer from an uncle in Rome to come and cook real food the real way. And he's considering leaving his brother behind, but... What if they could save the business? What if they could get the great Louis Prima, the great swing singer to perform at the restaurant and make a pile of money overnight and save the business? Then maybe Prima would stay. Here's a clip. For
0: sure, is this what I ordered?
1: Yes, that is a result. Oh. It's a special recipe that my brother and I bring from Italy. It's delicious, I promise.
0: It took so long I thought you went all the way back to Italy again. <laughs> yes,
1: I know. <laughs> I know, but it's worth it, I, I, I promise.
0: Didn't you say that this was gonna be rice with seafood? Uh, yes. Yeah. That is um, it is uh, Italian arboreal nice, the yeah. best. And then, uh, with shrimp and scallop and... I, don't see, I just don't see anything that looks like a shrimp or a scallop. But I get a side of spaghetti with this, right? Why? Well, no. I thought all main courses come with spaghetti. Well, some, yes, but you see, risotto is rice, so it is a starch. And it doesn't go really with pasta. But I don't... Honey, I mean, I mean. honey. order a side of spaghetti, that's all.
1: And I'll eat your meatballs. Yeah, he'll have the meatballs. Well, um, the spaghetti comes without
0: meatballs. There are no meatballs with the spaghetti? No, sometimes spaghetti likes to be alone. I'm just going to go back to what I said earlier. Running a small business is hard, okay? Oh,
1: my God. So hard. So hard. Um, Yeah, and that's one of the great things about this film is it really really gets into um, what it's like to, just like I was saying, to kind of run and own and sort of shape and create your own little business um, It's it, and, it, and it's also to, to my memory one of the first foodie films that I can really remember mm-hmm. I mean this is 96 before we started talking commonly about foodie culture but this is a lot of a lot of shots of food and people eating yeah. food and serving food there's a a famous scene with a, a timpano which is like a it's like a giant Italian version of a Spanish tortilla but with a lot more stuff in it mm-hmm. and a lot more complicated there's a great scene with that um and it's just, it's a really sweet, tender, funny uh, movie, and it's really about love. It's really about the relationship between these two brothers. Um, and it's got this knockout cast: Isabella Rossellini, um, Ian Holm, the great British actor, Alison Janney, Minnie Driver, um, and uh, J Lo's ex-husband, Mark Anthony, is in this. Oh, he plays, I forgot
0: um, about that. Remember I he was
1: he in that he plays a waiter. <laughs> doesn't doesn't have a line of dialogue. Never speaks. Never says a word throughout the entire film. Um, <laughs> And it's really gone down in history um, for its final scene, which is a real, you know, kind of historical, uh, maybe not historical, but it's a a real favorite movie scene that you'll hear people talk about a lot. It's it's one shot, five minutes in the kitchen, and it takes exactly the amount of time that it takes Stanley Tucci to make and serve an omelet. And it's just one of the most beautiful things I think that's ever been put on film. Um, So there you go. Big night. Mm. Uh, It's a
0: great movie. It really is.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad you like it. Um, All right. So there you go, Magpie. Uh, From Kristen, self-made. And from me, big night. All right.
0: We're going to take a quick break. But before we do, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone out there who continues to give us five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts. For example, Uh uh-oh, Addicted recently gave us five stars and wrote, (laughs) I am so happy I started listening to this podcast. My husband loves movies, but I'm always sort of meh about them. Now I found some movies through this podcast that interest me and so we've been able to indulge in his hobby more together. Really uplifting and funny. Thank you.
1: Well thank you. Uh-oh, addicted. I like I love the name. I feel like I feel like yes. this person must have made that name up for us, right?
0: Yeah, you don't think that's the real name. <laughs> I just
1: <said. laughs> I, Kristen, you know what I meant. Their handle, <laughs> their moniker. <laughs> Well, we
0: very much appreciate it. Uh-oh, uh oh, it Yes,
1: thank you very, very much. Uh, all right, everybody, stay with us. When we're back, we have someone who thinks he's in love with his roommate. All right, we're back with our second letter of the week. Kristen, take it away.
0: All right. This letter writer has asked that we call him Dave. Okay. Dave says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I'm a graduate student who's been living with three roommates in a house for the past year and a half. Over the course of the pandemic, we've gotten very close, eating meals together, hanging out, studying, even celebrating the holidays together. Sounds perfect, right? Wrong. I found myself falling in love with one of my roommates, Rachel. That's in quotes. And I don't know what to do about it. If I tell her and she doesn't feel the same way, I'll essentially be throwing a monkey wrench into this harmonious setup that's kept us all sane over the past year. But if I don't tell her and she falls in love with someone else, I'll be kicking myself for the rest of my life. Do you have any advice and movie or TV picks to help me figure out what to do in this situation? Rafer, have you been in this situation?
1: Oh, I've been in this situation, all right.
0: You've been in love with a roommate before? Well, not a roommate, but a friend. Okay,
1: okay. But a friend, for sure, for sure. Oh, I've, I, I've, I've, I have been Dave. I think pretty much all of us have been Dave at some point, and maybe to more or less of an extent. Right? There's someone in your close circle of friends you've kind of fallen for. Oh my God! How do you get this person to move from friend to something more? Can it be done? What happens if you? Tell this person how you feel.
0: I mean, you know, this This is just happening all the time, don't you think? It's it's definitely happened to me when I was younger that there were uh, feelings on one side or the other with uh, certain friends of mine. Right. But I'm just going to say the roommate thing, eh, that adds another level of complication to this whole thing. It certainly does. And I have had friends in that situation. Oh, boy. Uh, My friend, Uh, I'm not going to mention her name. Uh, She, at one point, had a roommate who kind of confessed feelings for her. They, I think they went out a couple of times, but there was this one date. They went to see, I think it was Titanic, (laughs) and right before they went in to see the movie, sitting on a park bench outside the movie theater, she told him, this just isn't working for me. (sighs) And then they already had movie tickets, so they went in and they watched the movie. (laughs) And then there was no way out of it. They had to walk home together because they were freaking roommates. And she points to that as probably uh, the worst way she's ever broken up with anybody ever. Oh, God. And, you know, it wasn't just the two of them in the house. There were other roommates, too. But oh,
1: God. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. That's the opposite. Sorry. Of, that's
0: I, the opposite <laughs> of Titanic
1: that date never let, never let go. <laughs> uh, OK. Oh, boy. Let's get to your advice, Reefer. We need your advice. Well, Kristen, I'm I, I don't know how you're gonna feel about what I'm about to say. I think you might agree with me, but I don't know. Dave, I'm gonna give you some tough love. First of all, Rachel, she already knows how you feel. And she's known mm. this for a long time. In fact, everyone knows. Your roommates know. Unless unless you are incredibly good at hiding your feelings everyone knows. You've been paying extra attention to Rachel. You've been laughing at her jokes. You've been offering to run down the market and get her some ice cream. You've been doing her dishes for her. If this weren't the pandemic, you'd be out at a bar buying all the rounds for her. You're probably making negative comments about anybody else who's in her life, guy-wise. <laughs> and if you're not getting a vibe back from her, Dave, you've got your answer. You've got your answer. But I'm going to give you a recommendation. And I'm going to tell you, I think you should man up Take control of this situation and be direct <gasps> and say what it is that really? you need to say to Rachel. Yes, this oh, is what I think you should do.
0: You Dave. and I are in such strong disagreement, Rafer. Oh, really? What do you say? I say don't disrupt the household. Oh, Kristen. Wait until you've moved out. Oh, my God. I can't believe how strongly I disagree with you here. Oh, you say wait. It's the pandemic, Kristen. God. Oh, you wait until he moves no, out. No, no, no. Here's why. Because like You, I think she already knows how you feel. She does know. She knows. You don't need to come right out and say it now. Once you come right out and say it, it is going to disrupt this household, which sounds like it's been your entire lifeline while you've been going through this pandemic. I don't. Oh, boy. No. Dave, I I don't know who you should listen to here, but maybe it's me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kristen, no, this is what
1: I say. This is what I say. You, first of all, you make the moment happen, Dave, get her alone, ask her, ask her out on a walk, be direct. Even if you have to do it in front of everybody else, just say, Hey, Rachel, can I talk to you about something kind of confidential? I have something I want to ask you, get her alone somehow, take her out for a walk and then just put the question to her, be brave, be confident, put yourself out there and let her know that you're a grown up and you're going to tell her your feelings and just say, listen, I, you probably already know this, I got a crush on you. I really like you. I think you're great. I like this about you. I like that about you. I think you're interesting and smart and funny. I'm attracted to you. Just tell her, listen, I would love to take you out sometime, like on a real date. I know we're in this roommate situation. I know it's awkward, but, you know, you might want to have some ideas in your head about where to take her. But, you know, ask her out on a date and just say, but listen, do you feel that way about me? Do you think you could feel that way about me? And then, Dave be prepared. You might walk away with Rachel on your arm. Who knows? If that happens, send me a picture. But otherwise, she's probably going to say no. Be prepared. And then you say, Dave, listen, Rachel, I had to try. We will always be friends. Give me a couple days. I got a broken heart here. I'll be okay. Give me a couple days. But everything will be fine. We'll always be friends. You shake her hand be a be a be a grown up be a man let her know everything's okay and i'm telling you dave you will be proud of yourself that you did this you will feel like a man you will feel like you took control of this situation got your answer and now you can move on and then frankly i think you should move out But I don't think I don't think you have to move out first. I really don't. I really don't think you have to move out first. Ugh. Kristen, you say what?
0: Well, my head almost fell off there because I was shaking it for this entire time while you were talking. As you know, I know. I saw that. You saw my head shaking. I saw that. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> you were like a you were like one of those bobblehead yes, dolls. I
0: was. Yeah. I don't want you to do this, Dave. I, I, I really want you to strongly consider that. Yes, she already knows how you feel. And if she felt ready to explore that with you, things would naturally organically go there if she felt the same way. Because maybe she does feel the same way, but she doesn't want to mess up the household either. You know, it sounds like this is a delicate situation. You know, you live together. You're in a pandemic. Oh, God. This, you know, I, listen. Reef, now Reefers head is shaking so much.
1: I, listen, Dave, Dave, I'm telling you, put it, put it out there. Do it. Get it done you'll feel great about yourself. You will ha- you will have been through something, you will have done a brave thing, you will have accepted the consequences, and if Rachel is any kind of a person, she will not hold it against you. She will be a grown-up about it. She will treat you well, she will treat you kindly, civilly, nicely. She will be your friend and things will go on and you will get on with your life and you will find the right one. But It could happen. It could happen. You never know. It could happen. But I'm just saying, be prepared.
0: Okay, but Kristen, one one last thing, Rafer. I mean, we could also suggest the sixth grade approach, which is maybe one of your roommates can give you some intel. And that way you don't have to be so confrontational. Oh, now you're shaking your head. No, no.
1: No, man up, Dave. That's what I really? say. Okay. Man up. All right. You'll feel good about it. I'm telling you, you'll feel good about it. Okay. All right. It might be the end. It might be the end of the situation. But God damn it, you put yourself out there. You did the brave thing. Come what may, you did it. All right. That's all right. You lived. You lived a life. All right. It's better to have won than lost. Have won. I don't even know what I'm saying. Something <laughs> like that. You know. You know the quote. <laughs> anyway, Kristen. <laughs> Kristen. Better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Thank you. Okay, now I got it. All right, Kristen, what is your recommendation for Dave?
0: <laughs> all right. I am going to recommend a movie that came out on Netflix last year. Um, I'm sorry, in 2019. I lost track of what year it was suddenly. Who can tell? <laughs> this Good grief. Oh, gosh. This movie came out in 2019. It's called Always Be My Maybe, starring Ali Wong and Randall Park. I don't think I saw this. I saw posters and things for it and ads for it, but I don't think I saw it. Yeah, well, let me um, just give you a summation of what it's about. It was a big hit when it came out. So Randall Park and Ali Wong star as two childhood best friends, Marcus and Sasha. They grew up together in San Francisco. And as teenagers, they have kind of a failed fling, which completely destroys their friendship. And they fall out of touch for the next 16 years. The end. So never sleep with your friend. Just kidding. That's not the end. That's not the end. What happens next is that Sasha goes on to be a hugely successful celebrity chef. She's traveling around the world. She's dating a famous entrepreneur. Meanwhile, Marcus stays back in San Francisco working for his dad. He's half-heartedly still playing in his band that he's been in forever. And when Sasha returns to San Francisco to open a new restaurant, they're reunited. And the question comes up again, do one or both of them have romantic feelings for each other anymore, and if so, what to do about it? Here's a clip from the aftermath of when they were teenagers. After that fling,
1: you're being really weird. I'm not being weird. You're being weird. See what was that sigh? That was weird.
0: That's just how I breathe. I'm a hard breather.
1: I know that now. Ew. No, that was supposed to be cute. That was supposed to be like. Because we had sex, I know what you sound like. Okay, I, I, I
0: got it. Thank you, Marcus.
1: Look, it was your idea to go all the way, all right? Are you kidding
0: me? You kissed me with
1: tongue. You took off my underwear. You took it to the next
0: step. Because I felt bad you'd have to tell everyone at college that you're a virgin. Well, I was planning to
1: lie about that. I'm not going to college anyway.
0: When did you decide that? Why wouldn't you go to college? I
1: don't have to explain anything to you. Well, I love any movie that takes place in San Francisco because that's where... I had so many emotional memories for myself, so I got to watch this. Oh,
0: you definitely need to see this, Rafer. Um, You'll know what it's like to be a teenager there. You'll know what it's like to eat at those restaurants, walk on those streets. The city is very much a part of this movie. They don't just do it this on a soundstage, so you're really in the city, which is great. Um, But the reason I'm recommending this, Dave, is because I think this movie does a pretty good job of showing all the things that can go right or go wrong when you confess to a friend that you have feelings for them. Um, You could end up where you never talk again for 16 years. It could be that things go right at certain points, but then go wrong in another. It could be that, yes, indeed, now is the right time for you to speak up. But unfortunately, she's moved on and she has a boyfriend now. That might happen, too. All of those things could happen. And this movie kind of shows all those things and also shows the characters maybe being okay no matter what happens. And that's one reason I want you to see this, because they go through their own growth trajectories regardless of what happens with the other person. Both characters grow in their own ways. So please check it out. And also, I just want to point out, Keanu Reeves is fantastic in this movie. Keanu Reeves? I didn't know he was in it. He plays a romantic rival at a certain point. That's Oh, that's tough. And, oh, yeah, when Keanu Reeves is <laughs> dating the girl you were in love with your whole childhood, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's tough. When Johnny Utah comes in, yeah, no, no, no he actually do? plays Boy. Keanu
0: Reeves. Keanu Reeves as Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, he plays Keanu Reeves himself. He's as himself. Yes. I love it. He plays an amped up <laughs> version of himself, and he is hilarious. He is pure comedy oh, gold. That's in this great. Movie.
1: Yes. Oh, that's great. I should really see that. Yes. I should really see that. But,
0: but all right, okay, I like it. But what about you, Rafer? What are you going to suggest that is going to push Dave to put his feelings on the table and? As you say, man up and face the consequences of his actions.
1: Well, Dave, in 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 keeping with my tough love prescription for you, I'm going to prescribe Pretty in Pink from Ooh. 1986. Ooh. Now, this is a it's a gut punch. Oh. It's a ducky. It's a gut punch. Come on, yes, uh, great movie. Sort of the the peak of the the peak of the of the John Hughes years. Uh, directed by Howard Deutsch, uh, but uh, written by John Hughes. Um, You know, if I even need to explain the plot to you, I will here. Molly Ringwald plays Andy Walsh. She's a girl from a working-class family. She goes to a school where the rich kids are always sort of looking down on the townies. Um, Yes, I know that girls who look like Molly Ringwald aren't usually found on the fringes of high school society, (laughs) but we can just suspend disbelief on that one. Um, And Andy falls for one of the rich kids, Blaine, played by Andrew McCarthy. Um, I'm going to do that in my best... (laughs) I know. I'm going to do that in my best uh, James Spader voice. The girl is Trash Blaine, and I always love when he says Blaine. Blaine. He's got the great lockjaw. Uh, anyway, uh, Andrew McCarthy plays Blaine, and he falls for her. But he's he's a little bit of a coward in this movie. Oh, you know, he's, such a he's kind of he's not sure if he's supposed to cross that class divide, and you know what are his friends going to say? You know what's James Spader going to say? And anyway. But meanwhile, you know, Andy's best friend is Ducky, who's a great guy. Ducky, played by John Cryer. You know, he's totally in love with her. He's a great guy. He's funny. He's smart. He's interesting. He's kind of stylish and quirky and cool. But she doesn't seem to notice that at all. Here's a clip.
0: Is this, um, you're going you're to go out with this guy? I mean, is this, you know, like a dater? Or... Yeah. I mean, you like him. He's not like the other guys. Seriously. No, no, no. What? Oh, man. You really pissed me off, you know, because cause, you know they shit all over everybody, including you. I just I can't believe you'd be this stupid. Who's shitting on me? I'm not gonna let anybody shit on well, me. He's just he's gonna use your ass and throw you away. God, I would have died for you. So what am I supposed to do? He asked me out and I like him. If I hate him because he's got money, just listen to me. If I hate him because he's got money, that's the exact same thing as them hating us because we don't. Do you understand? You can't do this and and respect yourself. You can't. You, 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 well, I'll make that decision, all right? Sure, you can, you can do what you want. You know you're talking like that just because I'm going out with Blaine. Blaine? His name is Blaine? Oh, That's, that's a major appliance. That's not a name. But just because I'm going out with Blaine doesn't mean I can't be friends with you. I mean, it doesn't change the way I feel about you. Oh, Ducky. God, when I was a little kid, all I could think was, choose me, Ducky. You don't need her. Oh, is that true? Oh. I will be your girlfriend, Ducky. I know I'm not old enough to go out without my parents yet but when i am i will be your girlfriend no wonder i like you Kristen. see
1: (laughs) but here's the thing here's the thing dave you know why this film is so great i'm sure you've probably seen it but even if you haven't you know why this film is so great the reason that we believe this film is because it's telling us the truth the nice guy who deserves the girl doesn't always get the girl in fact John Hughes originally ended this movie with Ducky and Andy falling in love at the prom and they go off together. And he shot that ending. But when Paramount Pictures showed it to audiences, audiences hated it. They wanted Andy and Blaine to get together. <laughs> and here's why it's not because they hated Ducky, they love Ducky. Audiences everywhere love Ducky. But Andy had her own feelings. She had her own feelings and you can't just shove Andy and Ducky together because he deserves her. You can't do it. And here's one other thing I want to add quickly. Compare this with some kind of wonderful, the other Mm -hmm. John Hughes love triangle. It's the reverse of pretty in pink with the, the genders are switched. And that one has the happy ending that John Hughes originally wanted. The two friends, do get together, they do say, oh, I, you know, I didn't know you loved me. Oh, I realize now I love you. I'm just telling you, watch these two movies and tell me which one feels more like the truth. It's pretty in pink. I'm just telling you. Some kind of wonderful. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't fly. It doesn't work.
0: No, I agree with you, Rafer. It doesn't land. It's not as good a movie. It just isn't. Yeah,
1: It's not. And I, Dave, I know you might feel like I'm being a complete a-hole here, but I'm still telling you, Go with my plan. You will feel great about yourself in the morning. You will feel freaking great about yourself. I'm telling you.
0: Well, I do like that point of view, Rafer. The idea of putting yourself out there, you may feel like the king of the world the next day, no matter what the answer, because you were the brave one. You were the brave one. Yeah. Being brave is a great thing. I totally agree. Being brave is great. That being said, I think we still disagree, Rafer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough, Kristen. <laughs> But we do agree that both of these are pretty good movie picks, right,
1: Rafer? I totally agree. From Kristen, um, always be my maybe. And from me, pretty in pink.
0: All right. We're going to take another quick break. But before we do, are you in a predicament where you could use some questionable advice, some advice that Rafer and I completely disagree on?
1: I can blow up your whole life for you. It's really easy. <laughs> I can do it in minutes. <laughs>
0: Reach out to us using the contact form at raferandkristen.com.
1: All right, when we're back, we have a, a much easier uh, a request, I think. It's our What Should I Watch Next letter of the week.
0: We are back with this week's What Should I Watch Next letter. Rafer, take it away.
1: All right. This one comes from Marie, who writes, Dear Rafer and Kristen, my teen daughter and I really enjoyed watching Hallmark's When Calls the Heart together. We loved the costumes, the historical setting, the fluffiness, the romance, and the fact that there was nothing too embarrassing for her to watch with Mom. I'm talking to you, Bridgerton. (laughs) Other shows we've both loved include Anne of Green Gables, and with an E and Pride and Prejudice. Do you have any other shows or movies to suggest that would check all our favorite boxes? What should we watch next?
0: Ugh. Rafer, you know this is right up my alley, right? I can't I can't compete with you, Kristen. <laughs> Whenever these letters come in, I can't compete. I love a show with some bonnets. I love a show in a small town. Kristen, you
1: know you know movies with bonnets in them. That I don't think anybody else knows existed. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm going to, I got my own little prescription, but I'm going to defer to you. No, 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 no. I
0: want to hear from you first, Rafer. You want to hear mine first? All Oh, oh, but before we hear from those, can I just say, When Calls the Heart, Rafer, do you even know that show?
1: No idea. (laughs) Absolutely none. Uh,
0: It's, you know, it's mostly a female-led show, if I remember correctly. I haven't seen it in quite a while. I think there are many seasons of the show at this point. We follow Lori Laughlin, AKA Varsity Blues. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. The college bribery scandal. <laughs> Lori Laughlin. You may also know her from Full House. Anywho, she is the wife of the foreman of the mine in their small town, her husband, her son, and I I can't remember how many it is. It's like dozens of other men in the town all die. And as they're dealing with all that, a new gal comes to town. She's kind of hoity-toity, high society. She's there to be the new school teacher. And, of course, all the drama ensues when there's class conflict and bonnets and coal. You know, the usual. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. Uh, All right. Well, here's what I've got. Um, I'm just going to go back to sort of what I consider. I know it's not really, but I consider it kind of one of the original costume dramas from 1985. I chose A Room with a View, the old Merchant Ivory classic. Ah, Um, Of
0: course. Of course. Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, she looks like an angel in this movie, by the way. Oh, my God. Right? I mean, you know, these, the Merchant Ivory
1: movies, this was really, I think, one of the first real knock it out of the park Hollywood successes for Merchant Ivory that really put them on the map. Um, James Merchant, the director, Ismail Merchant, the producer, lifelong couple, um, and um, Ruth Prower Jabvala, the writer who wrote. Most, something like 20, 20 to 25 of their movies. Oh, something wow. Something incredible. Um, anyway, if you don't know the story, it's set in the early 1900s. It's based on the E.M. Forrester novel. Um, and the hero, heroine is Lucy Honeychurch. Great name. Played by Helena Bonham Carter. She's a young woman traveling through Italy with her much older cousin Charlotte Maggie Smith, oh, the so great good. Maggie Smith. So good. Doing her Maggie Smith thing that she continues to do to this day. <laughs> uh, and one day they meet um, another couple. Uh, I think they're at breakfast or maybe dinner. I can't quite remember. They meet uh, the Emersons, Mr. Emerson, and his rather handsome, attractive son, George, played by Julian Sands. Um, and the, the Emersons are a little unusual. They're sort of. Uh, They're sort of uh, self-taught kind of philosophers, sort of. Um, But they seem a little below Lucy's station, maybe. Uh, But Mr. Emerson's very nice. He offers to switch rooms with the ladies because he's heard Lucy complaining about her view. And to Charlotte's horror, Lucy accepts. And suddenly now their lives are kind of entangled with the Emersons. And what's even worse is that Lucy is kind of falling for George. And here's a clip.
0: Mr. Emerson... Go out of this house and don't come back into it again as long as I live here. I can't. No discussion. Go, please. I don't want to call him Mr. Vyse. You don't mean you're going to marry that man. You're being ridiculous. Oh, I would have held back if your Cecil had been a different person. But he's the sort who can't know anyone intimately, least of all a woman. He doesn't know what a woman is. He wants you for a possession, something to look at, like a painting or or an ivory box. Something to own and to display. He doesn't want you to be real and to think and to live. He doesn't love you. But I love you. I want you to have your own thoughts and ideas and feelings, even when I hold you in my arms. Ooh, Julian Sands, yes. Oh, boy. I want you to care about my thoughts while you hold me in your arms.
1: Yes. This was, I believe, the first of several films where uh, Julian Sands was naked. I remember it was kind of a running joke for a while that he was naked (laughs) in essentially every film that he'd been in. Yes. Um, Well,
0: I'm glad you brought that up, Reefer, because... Marie's letter said that she doesn't want anything that's too cringeworthy with her daughter, but oh. it is pretty fast. It's it's not like a racy sex scene. It's like oh, we're swimming. It, it's a it's a right? it's a it's a boys go bathing
1: scene. It's a little it is a yes. little homoerotic, I think maybe, but it's mostly kind of like. You know, funny and frolicky and, you know, it's the, it's, it's the English stripping off their clothes and getting into nature. Ha ha. And, you know, the women sort of see them. It's, it's, it's nothing worse than you'd see in Mulan, in the original Disney animated Mulan, right? It's that kind yes. of thing. Yes. Yes. Anyway, I love this movie. I mean, you couldn't get a better cast. Um, we didn't even mention freaking Daniel Day-Lewis, who plays Cecil right oh, who is yes, who is course. who is the other suitor to uh, Lucy Judy Dench is in it i mean it 's just everyone yes. um, you know half the people in this film are still acting in costume dramas today um, and it's you know i don 't think this is like a terribly deep movie. I think it is a little fluffy um, it, it feels like it 's deep because it 's so freaking eloquent and sophisticated, and it looks so beautiful but it 's really just kind of like a nice <laughs> romance you know The, 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 the question basically is. Can I marry someone whose wealth is merely vast? You know, and that's sort of, that's that's pretty much it. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's a beautiful, well-crafted, sophisticated, classic costume drama. Um, There you go, a room with a view. So Kristen, what is your recommendation? You, the costume drama queen, what is your recommendation?
0: All right. Well, this might be too much of a gimme, and I will own up to it if that's the case, but I am recommending... A show that is made by the father of the creator of One Calls the Heart. The creator of One Calls the Heart is one Michael Landon Jr. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God, Kristen. That's right. Only you would know that. Only you would know that. (laughs) So, of course, I am choosing the greatest show ever made by Michael Landon Sr. He made several shows, but I'm not talking Bonanza. No, I am not talking Highway to Heaven. I am talking Little House on the Prairie, which ran from 1974 to 1983 on NBC. Currently, every episode is free on Amazon Prime. Every single episode. No kidding. Yes. Yes. And I know this because I've watched many episodes of Little House on the Prairie during the pandemic as comfort food, and it has been wonderful. (laughs) I can't believe it. Only you would know that. Good grief. Little House
1: on the Prairie.
0: Okay. Now, I am guessing that a lot of you out there have heard of Little House on the Prairie, but in case you haven't. Little House on the Prairie, the TV show, is based on the best-selling semi-autobiographical YA novels by Laura Ingalls Wilder. Uh, The show follows Laura Ingalls Wilder, her father, Pa, her ma, her sister, Mary, her younger sister, Carrie, later on other siblings that come into the picture as they live their modest small town life in Walnut Grove, Minnesota. Uh, We watch them do things like farm very badly. Almost every year, the crop goes to hell for some reason or another. (laughs) We watch them do things like make dinner together and talk about church. We watched them go to a one-room schoolhouse. We watched them have great adventures at the fishing hole. These are the things that we watch them do. And it doesn't sound like much, but I will say there is also a lot of high drama in the show. There are uh, pandemics that hit. There are deadly snowstorms. There are serious health uh, issues that happen. Mary goes blind at a certain point based all on the real Mary Ingalls, who did go blind. And, of course, there's the epic rivalry between the poor Ingalls family and the rich Olsons who own the mercantile. Here's a clip of the Olsons. Yes, yes. Here's a clip of bratty little Nellie Olson, the daughter of the mercantile owners, taunting Laura Ingalls.
1: I wonder why Laura Ingalls doesn't come in the store anymore. Because she's too poor to buy anything. That's why. So's her father. He can't even pay what he owes in the store. Yeah. Can't get a decent job either. All he does is dig in the mud and clean up after horses. My pa works hard. So does a mule.
0: You take that back.
1: I will not. My mother says she's glad your father doesn't come in the store anymore, because he smells bad. Smells like a dirty stable. That's all he's good for, clean up after horses.
0: Laura! What's the matter with
1: Laura? I don't know, Miss Beetle. We just said hello, and next thing I knew, she just up and ran off. Isn't that right, Willie? Yeah, she just up and ran off. Kristen, even before you played that clip, I was going to say to you, the only thing I remember is that bratty kid. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing I remember from that show. I hated that show, and I never wanted to watch that show, but I always remember that kid, that girl. I remember thinking, like, God, I'd like to strangle that girl. Oh,
0: my God. Why would you hate the show? This is, like, one of the greatest TV shows ever made, right? I can't believe—what? what I just, first of all, I felt like it just – I felt like it ushered a – People can't see this, but his head is in his hands right it, now.
1: It, it ushered <laughs> in a whole era of those goddamn Gunny
0: Sacks dresses. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep. There was actually oh. a brand name, and it was called Gunny Sacks. Yep. Oh, G-U-N-N-E, Sacks. People love their prairie dresses. They love their ruffles. Um, if if you don't know what we're talking about, like if you've ever seen a sister wife, it's kind of like that. Kristen, how do you know this oh. crap? <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm just going to say, unlike (laughs) Rafer, I see the beauty in Little House on the Prairie. I clearly do. I I wouldn't be watching it as comfort food through the pandemic. And Marie, if you have not yet shown this to your daughter, I think you two will have a great time watching it. There are hundreds of episodes because the show ran for 10 years. And we get to watch little Laura Ingalls grow up from uh, a young child to being a young woman and a mother herself. It is a great joy to watch this family grow together and go through great tragedies.
1: Kristen, you've outdone me again. Our, our, our recommendations here are from Kristen's little house in the prairie, and from me, a room with a view.
0: <laughs> well, for this has been quite an episode of movie therapy. I feel like <laughs> we really—I I don't want to say fisticuffs, but there, there were some genuine moments of disagreement today. I I still respect you, and I'm not going to hold it against you that your advice is so bad.
1: But <laughs> thank you uh, so much, Kristen. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll take that backhanded compliment any day. As for our listeners, we're here for you. If you need us (laughs) in the coming week, make sure to reach out to us on Twitter, at Rafer Guzman and at Kristen Meinser.
0: And if you haven't already, join our Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash Rafer and Kristen. There are loads of other movie and TV fans out there, um, including Little House on the Prairie fans, I'm guessing.
1: Please tell your friends about our show. It always helps us a great deal. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And by friends, we mean that roommate who maybe you have feelings for. Right, Rafer? <laughs> Her too. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Rafer Guzman. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.